Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Be careful when having receipts emailed to you. It looks like Square, along with many other credit card processing companies, is selling your contact information. The acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk happened last week, and the new owner isn't wasting any time to make changes. Verified accounts are rumored to cost 20 bucks a month, Big companies are preemptively pulling advertising from the platform. 25% of Twitter's workforce may be terminated. And in brighter news, Vine is coming back. And our subscriptions, the future of the Internet. We discuss this and more in episode 58 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. I can't wait for these kids to come home with this Halloween candy. I'm going to take my dad tax. That's, that's my new AKA, AKA right. dad tax. <laughs> so I'm an empty nester now. And even though my, you know, my 17 year old senior last year wasn't really trick or treating, there was candy in the house and there ain't no candy in the house. So I'm missing that. But y'all, I got to tell you about uh, something that, that I experienced this weekend. Y'all, y'all, y'all are, you know, you're, you're already initiated because you went to HBCU. I didn't go to an HBCU. So what you see on video and what you hear about from, you know, from stories that are passed down through the generations, just don't, don't match with actually experiencing the homecoming at a historically black university or college. So I had, you see, I'm wearing my, my Aggies hat. I'm wearing my A&T hat. So I went down to North Carolina this weekend for what they have termed Jiho, the greatest homecoming on earth. And because I have not been to all homecomings, I cannot attest that it is the greatest, but it was say, great. You never been. I would say you never been to one. So you <laughs> just complied. <laughs> it, like I said, I, 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 you know, that's what they call it. I, that, that, that's, you know, if that's what you want to be called. That's what I'll call you. But I can't say this. It was awesome. It was great. Imagine being there as a 20 year old. <laughs> For real. Like, that's the, that's the real flex. I'm like, you know, imagine uh-huh. being a student there and, mm-hmm. and that's your experience. It's, it's, it's like no other. It really is. I don't understand how all black people don't go to HBCUs, but uh, it's, it, it's, it's something special. We, I guess we need people on the inside as well as the people on the outside. <laughs> True. And scholarships. Um, I mean, I wouldn't turn down no free money to, to go to a PWI. So, um, like I said, so I did, uh, I visited Howard when I was not, you know, when I was in high school, but you know, for, you know, for what I was, you know, for, for my plan was to go play three years, get drafted around mid 
first round, you know, as, you know, as the greatest defensive end that anybody's ever seen, and then go play in the league. That was the plan. Damn and, statistics. Yeah. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> that was the plan. Uh, didn't quite work out that way. So hindsight being 2020, you know, maybe a different decision would have been made. But man, when I, when I tell you it was a good time from the beginning to the end and on campus stuff, there were no problems that people might think there were. I mean, there was the, the problem that they have on campus is there's just a lot of trash on Sunday morning. They got to be picked up, but that's pretty much the case with any homecoming anywhere, you know, with a large group of people. But, uh, you know, there was no problems, but man, it was just smooth and it was fun. And it was age appropriate for me. So I was like, you know, my, um, you know, folks are saying, well, did you get to hang out with your, you know, with your young? And it's like, nope. <laughs> she got, she got her freshman that she hanging out with. And I was hanging out with the other 45 to 50 year olds. I'm pretty sure that logistically would have been impossible anyway to try to find your kid on campus during homecoming and an HBCU. So there's some tech that we can talk about. Um, Google Maps where you can share your location. That's dope. It works well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That 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 actually works. So when it did come to where you're going to be at so we can get this ticket or that kind of ticket, not just with my youngin, but with, you know, some of the other you know adults that I was hanging out with that I went with, that stuff worked out pretty good to where you can just walk to the dots and, uh, you know, get to where you're going. And then one of the things we, we talked about this on a tech story, um, I believe it was the beginning of this month when Apple. Uh, or I should say Square started uh, allowing you to use the iPhone to do contactless payments or wireless payments, mm-hmm. or, or I guess mobile payments, you know, you know, right on your phone where it could do, you know, mm-hmm. just tap your card as or a, as a, as a vendor, as a merchant. Exactly. Um, so if you can, I don't think I'm exaggerating. If I would say there were probably upwards of 350 to 500 vendors at this thing. Cause they were everywhere. I mean, just, you know, all under the stadium, there's like an entire street that goes through the campus. It's just selling, selling unlicensed, uh, North Carolina (laughs) merchandise. Yeah. Uh, And, and, and fish plates. Yes. (laughs) And it's like, you know, basically I still have not got the rib, the, the smell of ribs out of my skin yet. It's like, cause ribs are being cooked everywhere. But, um, what was interesting is that a lot of the vendors, they have moved on. I mean, they were quick to upgrade their technology. And Terrence, it was one of the you know things you had said about why this is a cool thing is because it'll move the lines faster because you don't have to go to the cash register to make the payment. So just think about literally just all these pop up tents and vendors everywhere just lined up one after the other for a country mile. Um, so everybody is like, you know, bum rushing to try to see what sweatshirt, what hat, what, you know, um, you know, book bag, what, whatever they want to get. And you're picking the stuff up, but then there's a line to go check out because they've only got one cash register. Um, did everybody have square? No, some actually had regular POS systems with full cash registers, but for the ones who had square, it did make it quicker because when you were dealing with the person that was showing you the, you know, I don't want that license plate bracket. I want that one. I want this hat, not that one. When the person that was doing that, when you're ready to pay, they would look at the line. Oh, I can just take it right here, right on their iPhone. And that was like, okay, this is, this is what this technology allows. So and I thought, I would cont- and, I would, and I would contend it'll probably, as more people adopt it, it may be faster than what a lot of people are doing when, you know, you go to vendors, you go to merchants, a lot of people are, they have the little, um, a stand or a credit card holder or something sitting up with their barcode 
where you can scan their cash app or you can scan their uh, PayPal. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with that, folks try to get slick. They'll pretend like they cash app the virgin the merchant the money and real quickly show them the screen and it show you sent so and so and so so and the merchant be like oh yeah 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 and then they give them the merchandise come to find out <laughs> they just cash app some random person but they showed you the screen real fast uh if i was a merchant i would be more adapt to pay use the tap to pay because they still even though they either have to give me their contactless credit card with the with the wi-fi capabilities in it or scan their phone is peer to peer versus Square and PayPal and Venmo mm-hmm. or still there's a middleman with right. tap to pay. It's just like from me to you, not through anything else. So there's there's less headache. You know, there's less stuff to happen when I can pay you directly versus using an intermediary or uh, a middleman, something like that. And, and to the vendor. They're using the same app that they're used to. The only difference in the application now is that there is a button that says uh, tap to pay on, you know, on device. I can't remember the exact, you know, terminology or nomenclature that it uses, but there's a button. You click the button and then the screen on the phone changes. And until the transaction is done, you're on that screen. So the thing that you're talking about, you know, people trying to get slick with it. No, you can't get slick with it. It's either going to be, you know, the, you know, the credit card or the phone that you put there, whatever card you have assigned to your phone or whatever credit card it is, that's what's actually getting charged. So that was the tech angle. That was, uh, you know, uh, you know, at this, that I was like, ah, this is pretty interesting. So much so that I cannot be a tech head. I'm standing there watching people do it to my wife's like, come on, let's go. I was like, no, I want to watch this. I got to talk about this on the show next week. So, uh, so yeah, I thought that was kind of cool, but I wanted to uh, say that to kind of bring us right into this, uh, into this first tech story that we're going to go over. You got to be careful, um, when you choose to get receipts by email. Because Square, or I should say that the company, you know, Square's uh, parent company, they actually are selling your uh, email address or, you know, your contact information for anyone who's getting their receipts uh, when they do these mobile payments. And um, it's not like everyone isn't doing it. Was anybody it. surprised? To, yeah. I was like, <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So, actually, news? Yeah, exactly. So, it's, it's not. Is everybody is basically doing this, but you have to be aware that this is going on. Um, if you look at the story that I had linked to on protocol, it was kind of, it was kind of deep because the, uh, basically the reporter, th- they go and get lunch and they were like, how am I getting these emails on my work email? And they couldn't figure it out to the point to where, okay, let me go into reporter mode. And they started actually calling merchants and asking what is going on? What, you know, why is your, uh, information coming to me on this email address that I have never signed up for any of your stuff with? And through actually talking to the merchants, they were able to find out. I was like, Oh yeah, they actually sell, you know, so, you know, sell us your information so that we can actually go out and contact you. That is not any different than any probably any other company. I actually wrote down here and I put many in other quotes. I wanted to say most, but I haven't contacted, you know, um, most of them. So I can't answer, but uh, I, I, my gut would tell me is that most companies probably sell your information, but we'll just go with many um, actually do. But it's something that you have to kind of be aware of now, because if you are paying with your phone, if you are and you get that receipt right on your phone, that instant gratification for the purchase you just made, you're now on a system. They know what you bought. They sent, you know, they sent that to somebody else and you're going to start getting emails and that kind of stuff on that. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, but I just, you know, it, it. I think that's just the price of doing business on the Internet these days. I what I don't like is that 
how hard they make it to opt out or unsubscribe right. or anything. Right. Like, cause I've unsubscribed from a bunch of shit that I still get emails for. And I know mm-hmm. I'm like, I've, I've gone to the website and done it. I've mm-hmm. done it through Gmail. I've done it mm-hmm. through Hotmail. I've done it every which way, but loose. And I'm still getting these emails. So that's the part I'm like, if I unsubscribe, you should not be able, my name, my, that email should be off every list. Um, so you shouldn't be able to resell it or whatever they're doing to keep me getting these emails. That shouldn't be able to happen because then that defeats the purpose. Yep. All it's going to take is for um, a company to raise a loud enough concern and then people really start to pay attention for Square to then have to do all this backtracking when they could either A, let you know up front and B, make it easier to opt out. It's just like this data, we say all, you know, gold mine data, but it's just like if that... Is it that? Well, I mean, I'm I'm asking a rhetorical question. Is it that valuable to where they will actually like create all these gray areas just to get it? And then again, it's better to ask. I guess it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask to, for permission. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. there it's worth it, obviously, because they're willing to. Like, um, I'm reading this quote from the story that you put up, Rob. It says it's. Often surprising to people and surprising is never good when it comes to privacy. Um, the senior legislator, yada, yada, yada. Um, it acts primarily as a service provider when it comes to everyday buyers. That means it has fewer privacy obligations because as it f- facilitates payments, it's just carrying out whatever directives the actual customer facing merchant asks for. In most cases, however, those small local retailers are uh, themselves exempt from California law, meaning that Square gets to collect information on hundreds of millions of transactions while consumers get very few rights from any of the firms they deal with. So it's just crazy how, uh, what again, rhetorical questions, but it's just like technology is not fast enough to keep up with how people are trying to exploit the system. And it's just a shame that just laws and bills and things can't move fast enough to protect people's data and their privacy. Um, so, Stephanie had made the comment that, uh, you know, it would be nice if you could opt out and that would be cool. It would be nice if you could opt out easier, if you could more easily opt out of this stuff. Cause I think by law, anybody's got your email uh, or any type of list, they have to give you the, you know, the ability to, you know, to click a checkbox or to, you know, to hit unsubscribe or something like that. But even if they were making that super easy to do, I won't trust it. I think you have to take matters into your own hands. Well, because even when you're on a website and you're like buying something and you get down to the bottom and it's like, you know, check here to subscribe. You know, do you want to receive emails or I never no one ever checks that. box. Mm -hmm. I I, I highly doubt that anybody ever actually checks that box. Now, some people may forget to uncheck it, but I highly doubt that anybody ever says, yes, please send me emails. Mm -hmm. But yet. We mm-hmm. still get the emails. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, what is the, what is the point? You know, it's just, it's, it, I feel like it's a losing battle. I don't want to be a pessimist about it, but I feel like it's a losing battle. So one of the things that I do is uh, I, I am a Gmail user. So I create aliases 
for any time I want to, you know, give my email address and I don't really want you to have my email address, I just create this alias that is part of my email, but I automatically have all that stuff go to trash. And it took, you know, a little bit of, you know, of setting up and knowing how to do it, but it's, it's, it's not hard. The other thing too is that, uh, the article didn't really talk about text messaging, but I'm imagining they would do the same thing with the text message. Uh, the companies, if they can get your telephone number, they want to start sending you text messages as well because studies are now showing that people are more likely to pay attention to a text message that they receive unsolicited than they are an email. So like, even though this particular story didn't talk about this, I think you need to be careful, not with just your email address that you're giving out, but with your telephone number. So I have created a Google voice number that I use for nothing except for when I'm giving this number, because if you're going to send me something right now, I'm going to look right now. But other than that, I get no notifications. I, you know, I don't have it installed on my device. I literally have to go to the website to see it. Uh, and um, I, I just don't care. It's, it's, it's the closest thing to a burner account uh, is, is I have come up with. And Terrence, um, I can't remember the name of the show, but you on this awesome podcast with these three brothers have been hosting it since 2008 and you talked about the uh, burner email um, introduced in iOS 15 Um, uh, Apple Apple has a hide my email function Mm -hmm. that I use specifically for stuff like this when I go online to buy something when I go to 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 take a look at something and, and exactly what Stephanie said you know uncheck the do, please do not send me notifications. Well, I'll take it a step further and use the iPhone hide my email function to sign up using this quote unquote burner email account that forwards emails to my for real inbox. When I'm done, if I want to unsubscribe or when I don't want to purchase from it anymore, instead, instead of me going to the website, instead of me going to the email and unsubscribing, I just deactivate the email account and then boom, that's done. So I would strongly advise anybody who's got an iPhone and signing up for things, um, using that height of my email is much more gratifying when you go to disconnect <laughs> that that connection versus trying to unsubscribe and pray that in fact right. it unsubscribe unsubscribe when we already know it doesn't right right so just just to uh you know just give a couple little tips and tidbits uh from this particular story we are talking about square with the protocol article that we've referenced uh to in our in our links and i just want people to know that it is not less safe to tap to pay with your credit card on someone's phone than it would be to slide your card through a credit card reader. Uh, if you insert it into the, you know, into a chip reader, you're fairly secure there. But when you actually slide and use that magnetic strip, that is darn near as unsecure as you, yeah. as you can get when it comes to credit card transactions. So as, as I said, I, I kind of stood there and watched for a while. And when people would, um, I don't know if I want to put this on your phone because they were thinking that they were going to be putting their credit card information <laughs> into their phone. There was at least one, you know, one, um, and you know, I, I, I'll shout out. She, she was a, uh, she was a Delta, but she was, you know, she, I'm not going to say how old she was, but she was older than us. She was probably old enough we to be it. our parent. And she like, we can see that. We can see the elder. picture. Yeah. She was yeah. an elder. You can see the picture. And she's like, nah, I just stand in line. I don't, I, I ain't really trusting that. And I clearly, I wasn't going to go try to explain, Hey, I'm Rob from the tech gentleman. Let me explain this tech to you. Um, you know, if I would have had a t-shirt and a microphone, I might have, but, um, I, you know, I didn't do that, but I'm like, I'm just, let me put the public service announcement out there. When you tap to pay, that is arguably the most secure way that you can use your credit card. You know, outside, outside of she may be on something because I don't know how she paid, but I'm assuming if she's 
the picture that I'm imagining in my head, she has some cash in hand and mm-hmm. cash is still king. Oh, she, right. <laughs> she bought half that table up. Uh, <laughs> right. anything that was, uh, anything that had her colors on it, she was getting, uh, but she, she was having, you know, she was having a great time, but I just, I, I, I noticed that it was like, nah, I, I just do it the old fashioned way. She's like, uh, she even said, no, I just want to do it the old fashioned way and went and then, you know, slid her card into the chip because she just felt more secure with that. So I think, you know, for people who are probably using the square, you're probably going to run into that to where folks just because it's not what they normally do, it's going to take some time for them to actually get around to it. But I will just say this for anybody who's listening, when it comes to square and you're doing tap to pay with an actual credit card and you're just tap, you're using, you know, to do that, that's pretty secure as far as using credit cards out in the wild goes. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there, but I thought it was a, you know, a good story. Um, it was a tech angle that I saw from my experiences of Jiho this past weekend. So y'all Jiho, uh, that's what they call it. Greatest homecoming on earth. Um, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. We're going to get into this next story. And this next story, hopefully we can get through a lot of this here. Yeah, but Elon. Twitter all day. Elon. <laughs> we, it's, this is the tech show. And this stuff is dominating mm-hmm. tech news, literally up to the hour that we're, that we're actually, oh, um, you know, going to, you know, through this. So we just want to try to get as much of it knocked out as we can. So Elon did buy, uh, Twitter for $44 billion, uh, last Friday. And as much of a free speech warrior as he has claimed to be up until probably Thursday, Wednesday last week, he did go out and say, uh, you know, and basically, you know, released a letter, you know, trying to, you know, assure advertisers that, hey, everything's going to be OK when I'm at the helm. Don't stop giving us money. And some have already have done it. GM, a yeah. couple other places said we're going to we're going to wait and see on this until uh he decide what till we see which the way the wind is blowing so hopefully well, he letter, can appease the most people the, the letter promised you know protection against misinformation and then he tweeted some misinformation, misinformation. like <laughs> the next day minutes later <laughs> what are right right seconds later you know he's tweeting misinformation so like what are what are we really doing what are we really talking about right now right it's just yeah so um some advertisers they flat out said if you reinstate the former president we're out as you said some ain't even waiting um and this is no shock to us i am i am shocked by the people that are shocked racist anti-semitic misogynistic rants 
just were abound Friday and through the weekend on Twitter. What did you think was going to happen? Did did you, you know, exactly. I, I am, I am, like I said, I'm not shocked by that. I fully, and I think all three of us, we actually expected it. We could have, you know, 1159, Twitter's probably Twitter, 1201, Twitter, something different. Um, we kind of anticipated that. How did the masses not think that this is exactly what was going to happen um, based off all the statements that he that he was making. I think anybody that didn't know that this was going to happen was being naive. I'm sorry. Just, they just are. We we already know, <laughs> you know, humans and, and the lowest common denominator and, and all the rest of that. I actually I'm waiting on my um, archive. Because I most likely will be deactivating my account um, once I get all my tweets and stuff, because I, right, I like I don't right. even want to like right. I don't even want to have to log on and see. And, and, and put, even potentially be exposed to, you know, what I am already convinced Twitter is going to become, um, with this loose or lack of moderation. I, like, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I, I barely use it anymore anyway. I used to be a, a very heavy Twitter user, but I barely even use it anymore. I used it a lot for the list feature because I had all my, um, you know, journalistic things that I would reference and whatever, but I'm like, I barely use it anymore. I can just let it quietly fade into the background. Yeah, I, I can respect it. I can respect it. that's one of the things that I've always wondered in the back of my mind. A lot of people are doing a lot of posture and a lot of people are doing a lot of talking. A lot of people are doing a lot of complaining, but I've always wondered, are you really about it? Are you really about it? Are you really about it to where you'll delete that Twitter? We shall see. My guess is y'all will still be there versus if we well, really want to make change. want to be onlookers, the looky-loos that want to mm. kind of see the carnage happen. The, and The train and, wreck. And, right? Yeah, exactly. People want to watch the train wreck. And it's just like, I don't need to see the train wreck. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we ever heard about Elon buying Twitter, I started uh, basically with this show. If you can go, we can go back a year. I started just getting more into it, uh, just trying to have conversations with people I don't already know and have the email address, telephone number, or, or you know, or I'm connected to them on Facebook or what have you. Because uh, I've had a Twitter account forever, um, but I wasn't one of those people that was just like I, I literally could go months and maybe in some cases I might have even gone years without ever tech, you know, checking Twitter. So I just started getting into it and starting to building. I'm trying to figure out how this thing works. And um, so is is Elon Musk making me quit at this point? No, I'm probably not. But I'm kind of watching. I'm not like saying, hey, you need to go over and get on Twitter. I'm not trying to recruit people to the platform. But the more I see it, so you know, I, I think that there's multiple uh, kinds of folks on there. The ones who are basically making a big deal about yeah, I'm, you know, I just can't stand it anymore and I'm, I'm going to leave the platform and they keep tweeting about how they're leaving. All right, dog. How many times are you going to tell me that you're out until, until you are? But there are a lot of folks. Um, and like you, Terrence, you know, I can respect this. There are a lot of folks who say it and, and we don't even have to go to Friday. We can go back into when he initially said the first time that I'm trying to buy Twitter and folks are like, yeah, I ain't down with that. I'm out and we have not seen them since. There's a lot of folks who are in that category. So I think that there are a lot of people who are looking at, um, you know, Twitter and saying, you know, 
this is just not the platform for me anymore. I don't want to be there. Um, you know, many people have made many stances about many other types of platforms. Um, this is just another one. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. But like I said, I was just, I was shocked by the and shock in all. Definitely ain't going to pay to stay verified. That's the other part. Um, uh, yeah, I was. Twitter is, you know, Elon Musk has that's now nuts. trying to introduce this $20 subscription um, to get verified. Uh, I am verified on Twitter. I am not paying $20 to keep just you, to keep a blue check. Well, he's giving you three months uh, so to think about it. Reason. Hmm? He's giving you three months to think about it. You might not now, change your mind. Now, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm paying. I'm, I'm not paying no money to stay verified or, or anything like that. So that's that's just another reason I would go ahead and get rid of my account because I'm just not willing to pay. And and if I'm going to stay, if I were to stay on the platform, I would want to keep my blue check. I mean, that, that's, you know, no, you worked hard a, for kind it. of a necessary component to what I do. So mm-hmm. the idea that I would now turn around and pay you $20 a month for, for the privilege, you know, of, of having this thing, just it doesn't make any sense to me. What you going to do? And also, I will say, um, too, just for anybody who is thinking about it, um, the process is deactivation first. So when you go digging in through to your settings, um, the setting that says deactivate your account is where you start that process. So it'll it'll give you the option to download all of your an archive of all of your tweets um, if you want that. You hit deactivate, you submit that deactivation request, and you have 30 days after you submit that request to reactivate the account in case you say, well, you know what, maybe I will stay on Twitter, I don't know. Um, but after 30 days, then your account is deleted and you cannot get it back. You would have to go and create a new account. So for anybody that that is thinking about that, um, that's the process for deleting your account on Twitter. So um, do you have to request your data first and get that in and copy in hard? Well, not. Yes. It, it, like send them an email confirmation before you deactivate or. Well, yeah, you you if you when you get to that deactivation page, it'll ask you, do you want to download an archive of your tweets? You say gotcha. yes. You, you submit that request. They you have to log. You have to put your password back in and they have to. I have two step verification. So they had to send me a little code or whatever. So now I'm waiting that that process can take. 24, 48 hours. And I'm sure at this point, a lot of people are probably requesting it. Jamming so, it up. Yeah, yeah. So it might take a little bit longer. So you, you have to wait. Don't deactivate. If you want your archive, I'll put it that way. If you want an, all of your tweets, don't deactivate your account until you get the confidence information that your file is ready because they're going to send you a zip file that you can mm-hmm. download and, and that's all your tweets or whatever. So don't deactivate your account until you get the zip file of your tweets and then deactivate. And then don't, if you log back into Twitter, even <coughs> if you don't say, well, I want to reactivate my account. If you mm-hmm. just go back on Twitter at all within that 30 day time frame, they're going to assume you don't want to de- delete your account. So they're going to reactivate you automatically. So once you decide, I got my archive, I got all my tweets, I don't want to deal with Twitter no more, I'm submitting my deactivation request, leave Twitter alone which, which, for 30 days. Which for safekeeping to add, you know, a lot of people use um, aggregators would be, a, I don't know if that's a good word for it, but you think of like Buffer, you think of Hootsuite, yeah, like, you think right. of some of these services that enable you to schedule tweets and then they mm-hmm. tweet on your behalf. I would, mm-hmm. uh, if you're serious, serious, I would consider 
uh, disconnecting Twitter from yes. those services. So mm-hmm. they don't tweet on your behalf and that counts as you quote unquote still being going on Twitter. back in there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And plus once, once you reactivate, you have to go through the whole process again. It's not like, yes. Oh, I didn't mean that. Let's, let's keep it here. I didn't mean to post no, that. Or no, no, you, you got to start the whole thing just, over again. Even if you go on, even if you just go back onto the platform, if you don't tweet anything, if you just want to scroll because something's trending that you want to see, they're going to consider that you wanting to stay on the platform. So mm-hmm. once you submit that deactivation request, just leave Delete Twitter off your phone, basically, mm-hmm. and leave it alone. And in 30 days, your account will be deleted. So, Terrence, where are you at on this? Because I know that there's other, you know, uh, other services that because you, we're just going to take a stance on this. We don't like how the company is rolling. So you decided to get off of things that you were using. How do you feel about Twitter? Because I know you're on Twitter as well with quite a few followers out there. Multiple accounts. You know, we we're, we're do this podcast. I have another podcast. I got Brother Tech that. I think I started on Twitter in 2008, sometime like that. Um, I'm just going to let it fade. I've, I've, you know, if you haven't already figured out, I've kind of fallen out of love with social media in general. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I have no problem with, with letting Twitter fade. Now I do feel sorry for people who have utilized and still heavily rely on Twitter as a vehicle for marketing and advertising because social media has done wonders for people mm-hmm. with a platform, with a product, whatever the case may be, to actually util- utilize those services to get those the word out because, you know, you may not be able to afford, you know, um, or compete in the Google ad space. So you use Twitter. You know, or you use Instagram or whatever the case may be. And I feel sorry for those people who really are like at a crossroads. It's like, I really don't jive with what this dude is doing or what's proposed to be doing. But at the same time, this is like, this is my bread and butter. Right, right, right. Unfortunately, I ain't balling like that on social media. So it's easy for me to be like, eh, I just let it fade or deactivate the account or whatever the case may be. But I can only imagine, you know, the, the, the position some people have put themselves in, not really wanting to be a part of this, but really you can't not be a part of it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And especially, like I said, going back to the whole verification thing, you know, you think all the journalists, all the celebrities, all the public, actual public figures that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of relied on that to legitimize what they do that just aren't maybe aren't going to be able to pay $20. But like that's yeah. not it's, it's not a lot of money, but it's not a little bit of money neither. You know what I mean? When you think about the grand scheme of everything you're subscribing to these days mm-hmm. and paying for, mm-hmm. that's, that's not no little bit of money. And, and you would really have to like make a judgment call on whether or not it was worth it. And like to, to your point, Terrence, like I don't have enough followers on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to care much, you know, right. the blue check doesn't feed my ego enough for me to pay for it. And, and so I, I'm, I can very easily let it go, but uh, but that might not be the case for everybody. And, and Stephanie, right. for you, it wasn't the blue check. You have the white check. I mean, you actually have been verified because you are a person of note in your space, right? I mean, you didn't pay yeah. for that. So no, it was way back, and yeah. I've had it for years. Right, and it so was way back when you actually had to submit, you know, a mm-hmm. copy of your driver's license right. and 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 evidence of your 
public persona or whatever and and they had to make a determination so it's just like you know y'all already did that so now for me to have to turn back around and and pay y'all for the privilege of what you already gave me like i i'm not with that um like i want to see how true this is because you know this is just me i'm not the billionaire that now runs this company um but twenty dollars to be verified and it's not a verification like yours to where you are a no. person of note is basically it's whoever just, it's just saying I this is who I I yeah. am who I say I am. So yeah, so I'm like, like okay, that's you know, you know that's two hundred and forty dollars a year. You know that, that you know right. that's not, in the grand scheme of things that's, that's not, not a, a lot. So there's going to be a whole lot of folks who are out there. Oh, this is how I get verified, and now I've got this badge, and it means something. And I, and I hopefully, you know, people who have the white badge like what you have and the blue badge, you know, there, there would still be some kind of distinction. But it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like now nah, you're gonna pay to play uh, in this sandbox, and and I, and I get because that was his whole thing. Like everything's a bot. We need to make sure we're not pandering to these bots, but. Yeah, $20 is not no little bit of money. I ain't paying it. So one of the things, you know, I was just looking at various stories on this. So on The Verge, Neelai Patel, he wrote, (laughs) scathing is not the right word, but he he basically said this is what he thinks about this whole Twitter deal. And, you know, for the most part, thinks it was a mistake. And it's a long article. It's a good read. I put it in our show notes. So it's there for anybody who wants to go check it out. But just kind of, you know, giving you some of the high points on it. uh, You know, I actually went and took some notes. So this Twitter acquisition is the third biggest technology acquisition in the history of earth so there are you know like uh, microsoft's activision uh deal that is soon to go through is the biggest there's one um in between that and then there's this so this is a huge 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 uh you know acquisition but you know some of the things that i was looking at here is that uh you know one of the things that you know twitter they only have uh six hundred thirty three million dollars in uh in positive cash flow uh their debt before this deal was 50 million dollars in 2021 their debt now is 13 billion Mm dollars so just the interest on the debt is twice what the company makes in a year and that's why and that's why those board members did not care who bought Twitter? It right. just so happened. They were like, that just Elon, get us out of here. <laughs> we, I'm trying to cash app, cash out before this ship, before this ship runs into the sinks. iceberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. like whale like, from, uh, <laughs> like, whale don't hesitate. Parachute. <laughs> let me get my severance. Let me get my, you know, people was, people were bailing. It's, it's uh-huh. crazy. And, and it's even crazy. Elon, uh, walking those executives out, the CEO and the, the general counsel, whoever was walked out that day, they was probably, oh man, but they ain't tripping really because it's like <laughs> they so got their money, they the, got paid. The CEO of the company resume. and others was escorted out by security. And um, the whole time, if that was me and I'm carrying my and box out Elon with security, please have That's somebody with a camera on me. Just make sure my check for $46 million don't, don't bounce. Right. Um, I wouldn't have lasted that long. I would have chucked the deuces as soon as it came across my Twitter feed. I'm like, yep, I ain't going into work tomorrow because what's the I ain't Right. I ain't even showing up. Y'all right. can keep whatever's in my desk and, right. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Send me a shipping That's label. So, so a story that I just saw right before we went live um, is Twitter is now working 
or excuse me, Twitter preps to lay off 25% of the workforce. So according to, and this is a Washington Post article, um, and I'll, I'll put it in our show. Literally, I was literally looking at this five minutes before we got on. They're about to lay off 7,000 folks. And so let me say this. Let me perfect this. I feel for anyone who loses their job. Um, you know, I, I do. It's like, you know, if, if you were working and you lose your job for no fault of yourself, that kind of sucks. Uh, you know, it, it really does because it scrambles your life. You've now got to go figure out what you're going to do next in most cases. Um, that being said, uh, y- y'all should have known that this was coming. This is what, this is what happens when these big acquisitions, uh, you know, happen. In, you know, in, in this case, you know, Elon is going to try to figure and out as quickly as he can how to make money on this company. Yeah. So they've had a lot of time to work on the resumes. This has been a, a whole spectacle for what we've been talking about it for what the last three months, two. No, it's been longer than that. We started talking about this back in yeah. April, I think. Exactly. March or April. So and Elon and Elon's been talking crazy about how he don't mm-hmm. like uh, leadership and the policy people. So I, I would have been. You should have had your resume. <laughs> dusted mm-hmm. off with the quickness mm-hmm. he also um to, to your point about laying people off he has also threatened to fire the team that is supposed to be standing up this 1999 a month subscription by november 7th if it's not done by then mm-hmm. so you know he's just he's that's just next wilding. week y'all yeah that's next wilding. week just now these the, these are you know probably really really good developers that are doing stuff for twitter but yeah he gave them a next week what kind of motivation is that um, to these well, kind of people, been, it would have been me quit. motivation to tank that joint. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just do it's like I would be so quiet quitting. Poison coach, <laughs> right? I would just be waiting to collect my unemployment at this point. Uh-huh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna stay because I'm gonna stay so you can fire me so I can get my unemployment. Right. But uh-huh. I'm gonna be chilling in the meantime. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that. Now, these once again, they're reports. We have to see, you know, what comes out from this. But um, this, you know, I I, I kind of agree with this. I don't believe that Twitter, if it ever was, you know, the, you know, the place where people just went to like, you know, disseminate ideas and stuff like that. If, if it ever was that, if it was the town, if it ever was the town square, I don't think that it ever will be, uh, you know, going, you know, going back because, uh, and, and, and this too, this, this actually goes back to when I said that, uh, you know, we'll link to the Neelai Patel article on the verge. Um, Elon, if he's going to effectively run Twitter, he's not going to be able to be the free speech warrior that he's always been because he, I mean, this, we've talked about free speech on this show before. I'm sure we will talk about it again, but people don't realize what free speech is. Number one, that is, you know, you know, when, when your free freedom of speech is infringed upon, no company is doing it. It's only the government that does it. That's number one. It's, you know, it's basically you say something the government didn't like, and then they come after you. That is what having your free speech trampled on um, actually is like, you know, that, that is a, I don't want to say it's unique to the United States, but it is something that, you know, was probably first here. It's unique to the United States because to Saray's point in the comments, the international fallout. Um, They'll drop the hammer on your ass. <laughs> quick, quick, yeah. You know what I mean? G- GDPR alone, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and well, like just- that, then you think about countries like India where they have threatened to jail Twitter employees mm-hmm. if they didn't ban certain accounts and didn't suppress certain information. Like, 
what y'all he ain't i don't think he's ready for this i, yeah. I really don't think he's ready for this. so yeah so that's that's the one part but it's like okay i'm gonna allow anyone to say whatever they want like you know if you want to say racist stuff um, as long as you're not threatening anyone that's you know that's covering under free speech it, and it is but people think that freedom of speech doesn't come with freedom from consequences of said speech that has never I been the case they- I think people they know, know that they, they exactly they just yeah, they just they just are trying to impose they're trying to impose <laughs> you can't tell mm-hmm. me what to do in you in can't so many tell words. me what to do exactly uh, exactly um and we ain't gonna I'm talk I'm just gonna say in in in, in in the you know in the case of uh, Kanye West uh he he is clearly being shown that yeah you can say what you want to say but we can react See, that's, that's the other part of it it is freedom of speech when Adidas says we ain't we ain't hollering at you no more it's freedom of speech when the did y'all hear this one this this is the one today the goodwill will not give away his stuff you, they will not give away I've his clothes. Pretty much muted at the goodwill that he wore. I have two that made regular news, and I was, I was like, the, "The goodwill." I was like, "Wow!" It's like you can't be giving his stuff anymore. But that's that's you know just the other side of freedom of speech. It's like you can say what you want to say. I can react to what you say like I want to say it, um, and that's what Elon is going to have to protect against. He's going to want to allow people to say whatever they want to say. But when GM says, nah, dog, I'm good. Like I literally, when I saw the GM article, I, I had that Randy Jackson, nah, dog, that's going to be a no from me. That literally is what popped up into my head, how they responded to Elon about, nah, we ain't, we ain't waiting to see what you do. We going to go ahead and stop giving you money now. And if you good in maybe six months, you can come back and try again. Um, but that's how again, I took that. GM, GM is a company too, so I ain't. Yeah. I don't trust right. companies in general. Exactly. So mm-hmm. they could be posturing just like Elon is posturing. In three months, they'd be back with Super Bowl Twitter ads. Oh, I almost expect January. Right. And this is not even a jade of you. I almost fully expect that. I, you know, I fully expect that these big companies are going to come back at some point. They will determine this is you know this is the penance um, that you have to pay, and um, you know. You know, we'll come back and, you know, and we'll do business as usual. I fully expect that. But, uh, like I said, this is a big story. Like I said, it's, it's ongoing. Um, the last thing I will say about this, y'all remember Vine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looks like they're trying to bring Vine back. So it's like, because they're, because they're literally, I mean, for what it's worth, for what it was worth at the time, it was almost like the springboard for like TikTok and Mm -hmm. for like Instagram, Mm -hmm. right? Short videos right oh, it and absolutely was for whatever yeah for for whatever reason it went away because twitter was trying new things well one they wasn't making money off of it um so they, that goes along with elon trying to make twitter the everything app it's going to right. need a short video service to bring in them young kids because we over here complaining versus these young kids going to be doing them little dances and put them on Twitter. So he, he, he's, he's, he's shaking the trees, but he's also trying to uh, bring in though the, 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 the user case, the user base that he wants. So we just, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. So this is a, a good segue into this, uh, into this next story, Stephanie, that you put in the notes um, about our subscriptions, uh, the future, of the internet. And, um, I, I kinda, 
I kind of think they are. And we're already seeing that. I mean, you can subscribe to every, just us. I mean, we actually have people who subscribe to us and they get additional benefits. So okay. yeah, I mean, you know, people subscribe, you know, cause I didn't do that. You know, I won't wedge this commercial in here. I didn't do it at the beginning of the show, but yeah, we have discord. Uh, if you head over to, uh, you know, uh, patreon.com forward slash the tech John, um, we, we actually have subscriptions that people can subscribe where they're giving us something every month to continue to do this show and they get additional benefits. One of them being discord, one of them being able to, to watch, uh, you know, us do the live stream of this show. So when you ask that question, I, I kind of think, yeah, because I have found there's like, wow, I'm like a member personally, I'm a member of like three paid communities. To where I'm actually subscribing to be a member of that community. So yeah, I, I kind of, you know, is it going to be for everyone? No, I think free will always reign. Um, maybe not reign supreme always, but it's going to always be out there. But I think that, you know, folks are saying, I want this kind of content. I want access to this. I want to talk to these people. I'm willing to pay a subscription to get access to them. I'd have to think about that. I mean, I, you know, I, I subscribe to media outlets, but like, I don't subscribe to any people. Well, I take that back. My, my brother has a Patreon. So just as family support, I, I am a subscriber to his Patreon. And I think I actually might be a subscriber to our Patreon. I'm not sure <laughs> if I subscribe to our Patreon or not. Um, but you know, I, I, by and large, I don't subscribe to people. Um, there's just nobody out there right now anyway, whose content is compelling enough that I need to see special things or, you know, exclusive access or, or, or anything like that. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that is something I, I ever see myself doing. Um, free is free is very compelling. <laughs> and, and like I said, until I, come across that person that just has that content that's like oh i just have to see their content um yeah i, I don't i don't see that happening for me um i can see um, i actually subscribe to one or i think just one other person that i'm actually like oh okay i really want to see what they're talking about either early or additional content that you don't they don't really put out for free um but i definitely see that being an avenue for people who are disenchanted with social media in general. Now, the question is, what are they putting out that would make people want to subscribe? For example, uh, Instagram has started letting people become uh, or create subscription services to where you get additional information again. I, I, I really don't be on social media like that, but there are some people who, I see in my notifications say, oh, this person now enables, I forget the actual terminology, but they say this person now enables you to subscribe. And I'm like, subscribe to what you are. Is is there, is there, have you like Patreon, you can actually put out there and say, okay, for this amount of dollars, you get this and any other for this amount of dollars, you get this and that third for this amount, you get this. There's no tiers. There's no marketing. There's no advertising. Um, in Instagram that I saw, it just says this person is now enabling subscription. I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Right. Good for them. <laughs> but, exactly. Good for them. But at the same time, I'm talking out both sides of my neck, right? Because the only way content creators, the only way influencers, the only people that are creating actual content and they don't want to be beholden to the algorithm is you get off of these platforms and create 
content that people will pay for. So therefore, you don't have this person or this platform in the middle eating into your one, eating into your profits and two changing. You have to fight the algorithm to get your content in front of people in the first place. The only way to do that is to get off the platform and the only way you get off the platform and the only way to get off the platform is if if people pay you to get off the Mm. platform because TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, they're profitable for people who have figured it out, you know. So when I, when I, uh, Stephanie read through this uh, article and then I started to think about, actually, I, I kind of think maybe they're onto something here. I wasn't thinking subscribing to people per se. I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but it's like, you know, we have people who subscribe to this podcast for a myriad of reasons, but my gut would tell me the major reason is because they like what we're, you know, they like the content that we're putting out and they want to see us continue to put the content out. Um, so they know that, well, you know, that I can subscribe here, help support this show and let them do the thing that they're getting value for. So it's basically, uh, you know, one of the things when I talk to people about podcasting and launching podcasts or just content creation in general is like, what are you willing, you know, what are you trading as the creator in exchange for the, uh, you know, for the time and attention from the audience that you're asking for? Um, and you know, so you basically, it's a contract. I'm going to give you this content. They're going to give us their time and attention. And then some, um, super fans, there's a, there is a white paper, uh, or, or a manifesto, I think is probably more accurately what you would call it called 1000 true fans. I believe it's by Kevin Kelly and it's, it's years old. It's been out for years. I'll put this, I'll put a link to this in the show notes, but he basically is writing this manifesto about if you can get a thousand people to rock with you, you basically can have a nice middle, uh, you know, middle class income. Um, because it doesn't take, you know, two million followers. It takes a thousand people who are rocking with you who you are giving them what they want and they're they've therefore are saying this is the content i want i'm willing to support that and it allows you to have a living and i kind of agree with that I, I think that you know that's working and so like i said there there are now three uh content creators um two are brands one is actually a person that i support because i like the content that i'm getting and i don't want to listen to ads so you know that there, there's always something that you get you know, I don't want to have to listen to ads in the show so I can pay um, into their Patreon and then I'm able to get my private feed just like our listeners are um, and, uh, you know, and not have to listen to it. So th- they're providing something to me. I am providing, you know, you know, monetization to them. Um, and I think that, you know, just as we go forward, like, you know, this whole t- Twitter thing, there are people, as you were saying, to get that white check They're you know, being told now you got to come up and give. 20, you know, Elon, $20 a month. I don't know if I want to do that, but you may have literally hundreds of thousands, in some case, millions of followers on there. Um, do you move to another platform that could do the same thing to you in years time? Or do you create your own platform? Do you get your own email list? Do you have your own list of people? Do you have your own discord server? Do you have your own, um, circle, uh, you know, community? Do you have your own Slack channel? Do you, do you do these things on your own where your community can support you directly as compared to or everything is free, but we have to go through a big company that's trying to monetize, you know, both you and them. But to keep it a buck now, if we're really trying to keep mm-hmm. it a buck, right? We're saying, let's just say, for instance, we're saying, ah, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and YouTube, they're whack. They're not going to let you keep your money. They're not going to let you keep your fans. 
If you try to get them to click a link to leave the platform, uh, these algorithms devalue that mm-hmm. and they won't show it to your uh, people. Mm-hmm. But let's just say you do get them off and get them on Patreon. You still own Patreon. And if Patreon decide to change something or charge more or do something else, but oh man, all right. So we leave in Twitter. Uh, join my, in my email to list. Go where? Exactly. Now you got to get on MailChimp. Yeah. You got to get on Clavio. Right. Yeah. You got to get on all these other ones. And then they change something. So it's almost you're like you hear, here's the difference. Here's the difference, though. Those are tools where they where you are the customer. So if you like I I have a, uh, a, you know, a a list that I've built with, you know, a bunch of people on it that I use active campaign. That's where I build it. I pay active campaign a monthly fee every single month to do that. Active campaign makes their money not off of my, you know, the people who are on my list. They make their money off of me because I am paying them a monthly fee to have them as a service provider. So unlike where Twitter is trying to make money off of the people who use Twitter, unlike YouTube is trying to make people money off the people who watch YouTube, unlike uh, Facebook, who's trying to make uh, you know, money off of people who have Facebook accounts. When you're talking about like, you know, an email newsletter or you're talking about a community that you've built, those applications, um, th- those softwares, they make their money off the, you know, off the people who are paying to actually have the service. So I think it's a little bit different to where, you know, I fully expect that my cable is going to work, um, you know, as long as I keep paying the bill. Um, they're not making money off of me because you know, well, they are, that's probably not a great example. They are, but you, you get what I'm saying. They're making their money off of the subscription that I'm paying to have the service as compared to all the people in my house that watch, they're going to, you know, get all their data and then, you know, and then sell them and serve them ads. Uh, so that, that's, that's where I think that there is, uh, you know, you know, some benefit, you know, you know, to what this uh, article was actually saying. And I think, and I can kind of see it coming in the future, but like I said, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, I, the free is man, it's, it's a hell of a drug. It's like when you can just, when it, you can just get on Facebook really for free to get people, yeah. yeah, to get people even just to even a if dollar you, a month, even if you or... told them the, that this would counteract the privacy implications because if you subscribe we won't sell your data uh they could say that but we you know let's they assume they would be you know honorable in in doing to the that. contract right. um right um would people would people pay for that that's that's a you know i guess it depends on how much but I don't even know if I would pay for that i'm just like <laughs> it, dep- it depends i think it depends on the the benefit that you're getting you know, on the platform, most yeah. and no. I guess if I was legitimately monetizing these platforms the way, you know, I could be, right. then yes. Yeah. But but now while it's just a bunch of people watching my tech videos, like <laughs> I, I, I well, just, there's just not a lot of incentive for me right now. And, and, we'll, to, and to we'll talk about some of our great patrons who are in, uh, you know, our live chat right now. Um, yes, they are less than one percent. They 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 are less than one percent. They are a rounding air compared to the total number of people who listen to the show. But like I said, I'm I'm just glad that you know somewhere south of one percent have decided that you know what I rock with those folks over to Tech John. I'm going to support them. Um, and 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 that's what they're doing. So uh, like I said, and we we talk with them every week, and I I don't see that going away. I see more. And more of that happened. Let me just say like this. Patreon made more money this month than it did it made last month. So, um, so, uh, you know, subscriptions, you know, are working. Yeah. So 
we haven't done a spotlight in a minute, but we are to that time of the show. So, Stephanie, I know you had one in here and this one's a little different. Um, this is somebody who is active, active right now. Who's doing stuff? It's just, this was news. I did I, to see it in in my, um, you know, looking for stories for this for this uh, episode. Um, I happened to see this and I was just like, this, this could be a good spotlight. Why not? Um, when we may have, um, had Aisha Bo in a spotlight previously, but, uh, today Aisha Bo becomes the first black woman to set, set to travel to space with Jeff Bezos founded Blue Origin. Um, and I'll just, I'll just read the article. It's not super long. Um, Aisha Bo is out of this world, literally. In a post shared on LinkedIn, the STEM board founder and CEO revealed that she is anticipating becoming the sixth black woman and the first to fly on Blue Origin's New Shepard to head to space. Um, I'm going, this is her, her LinkedIn post. I'm going to space as the first black woman confirmed to fly with Blue Origin on New Shepard. I am expected to be the sixth black woman to cross the Carmen line, the internationally recognized boundary of space this mission comes after this mission comes 30 years after former nasa astronaut mae jemison became the first black woman to travel to space in 1992 since then there are only four other black women who carry that distinction nasa astronauts stephanie wilson joan higginbotham jessica Watkins, and dr sean proctor of the SpaceX Inspiration4 mission. I am honored to follow the footsteps of these incredible women. I can't wait to fly on a future flight of Blue Origin's New Shepard. As the first black... Okay, blah, 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 blah. We won't... Uh, they just kind of read that and, and then a little bit about uh, Aisha Bo. Bo is a former NASA rocket scientist and the creator of STEM board. The engineering solutions company has been recognized by Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies in America. What's more she has raised nearly $2 million in venture capital funding for Lingo as Afrotech previously reported Lingo is a self-paced coding kit designed to help students learn technical concepts at home. According to Bo's website, her journey first began in a pre-algebra class in community college. Since then, she has gone on to earn a bachelor's degree in aerospace and a master's in space systems engineering from the University of Michigan. And currently she serves on her alma mater's aerospace department industry advisory board. So shout out to Aisha Bo for being the sixth black woman in space good for her good for her not your boy but good for her because i don't i ain't i ain't messing with space jack until the earth is crumbling and they make us <laughs> and we gotta we can't go no we gotta go somewhere we, we gotta uh, go. <laughs> what of uh what of my favorite lines from uh a clint eastwood movie when he says that jumping out of an airplane is not a natural act um for you know it's, it's not and it's like i'm not leaving the planet it's perfectly okay for me right now like it, it's got a lot of issues with it but i don't need to go we ain't found other planets that can that, you know that i can you know do what i'm doing like I you mean, so I i'm good it. too I, I get it i mean I, I look i ain't gonna knock your hustle you know you, you know i ain't gonna what's the other phrase i ain't gonna um as a uh, uh i forget the term but anyway you know like i, said, <laughs> I ain't knocking it not your boy that's all <laughs> i can't you know? i wanted to be an astronaut for a while i um mm-hmm. you know as i've 
probably mentioned on this show before, my undergraduate scholarship was paid for by NASA. So I got to do internships at two different NASA facilities um, in the summertime. And I mean, you can't be at Kennedy Space Center and not want to be an astronaut. I mean, it's, it's just not possible. If you're if you're a technical person, technically inclined person, just to be around all of that space stuff um you you get caught up and and you really do just you know and then and this was back when they were still launching nasa missions i got a chance to actually see an actual launch from cape canaveral i got to see the orbiter come back on piggyback style on a 747 you know i met astronauts so it's just like you can't you can't go to ksc and and not want to be an astronaut so definitely you know after that internship that was the internship after my freshman year in college i was just like oh i'm going to space this this is what it is i was like so, i see what's going on here everything happening in this place is is dope af and and i want to be one of the people to go as well but then you know i'm not saying that i dreams would get deferred and all the rest of that <laughs> like like i said to rob like i said to rob damn the statistics right <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying that I would never go to space because never is a long time. What I can see in my future is that if you're traveling internationally, you know, let's, you know, 15, 20, 25 years from now, when we still should be flying around doing the kind of stuff we need to do to get from point A to point B, it just may be more efficient to literally go into low earth orbit to, so you can go really fast to get to Australia as compared to having to take, you know, 24 hours to get there, uh, you know, f- you know, flying, uh, you know, so it will be like that for me. But by the time that I'm willing to do it, it'll be so regular that you don't really think about it. We're not talking about spotlighting somebody because they got on a plane and flew internationally. That That's kind of how I see it. What I don't have a desire to do. I'm good. I don't need to go to the moon. I don't need to go to, you know, I don't need to go to Mars. I don't need to do none of that. But anyway, y'all. Yeah, no, I don't have to do none of that either. It, <laughs> it's that time. Of this, you know, the show for us to start wrapping it up. So, Stephanie, why don't you tell folks how they can get at you? Follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> And you can find me on the Internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John on all the things. Um, so come holler us there. And until we meet in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory. But boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.